Before we get started, a quick disclosure. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing you hear is an offer or a solicitation to buy or sell any investment. And with that, hello and welcome to the Rangely Capital Podcast. I'm Andrew Walker, a portfolio manager at Rangely. With me, as always, is my co-host and Rangely's founder, Chris Demuth. It is Tuesday, October 25th, and today we're going to start by talking about the $100 billion plus mega merger between AT&T and Time Warner, and then we're going to move on to discussing uh, some companies' new favorite excuse for poor results. So, Chris, Time Warner, uh, AT&T, you know, it was a huge weekend for M&A. There was British Tobacco's $58 billion offer for Reynolds, Qualcomm's $46 billion offer for NXP in the semiconductor space. Uh, no. There was not. Oh, oh, oh. It, it was it was reported by uh, CNBC that they were preparing a forty six billion dollar offer, but it has not actually been announced yet. You're definitely right. Uh, you know there was some continued progress on the CBS Viacom thirty billion dollar reunion. Rockwell BE Aerospace for eight billion dollars. TD Ameritrade Scott Trade for four billion dollars. China Oceanwide Genworth for about three billion dollars. But all these deals were dwarfed by one mega merger, the AT&T $100 billion offer for Time Warner, which owns HBO, CNN, TBS, and Warner Brothers Studios. Uh, humorously, AT&T had to put out a statement that clarified it was buying Time Warner, the entertainment company, not Time Warner Cable, which is a completely separate company that was acquired by Charter. Uh, but Chris, you know, let's talk about the deal. We can talk strategy. We can talk, is this going to go through? Why it might not go through? All sorts of stuff here. Let's see, Goldman Sachs has now been bumped down to the number two investment bank uh, in the league tables from this. It was such a big deal that they got uh, changed. Um, and uh, yeah, no, this is a, a huge deal uh, for Time Warner TWX, not Time Warner Cable, which is now gone. Uh, it'll be interesting to see in any of the uh, political, very voluminous uh, political opposition to this, if anybody goes after AT&T buying Time Warner Cable. I know that Wikipedia has gotten into a lot of political trouble uh, this week from a congresswoman who is attacking them for the Hillary email leaks. Uh, and the people... <laughs> Damn you, Wikipedia! No, it's a win point if you're supposed to explain to her that she clearly does not cognitively understand the difference between WikiLeaks and Wikipedia. Uh, probably not worth explaining, uh, but in this case, it is Time Warner, not Time Warner Cable, um, and uh, it'll have its own set of problems. Probably less than if they try to buy Time Warner Cable. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah so let's talk about why they're doing this first. I, I think there are three reasons uh, going from. We can, I'll start with the most cynical and then go up to the least cynical and why they're probably actually doing it. And you can hop in whenever you want. I think the most cynical observers say AT&T is doing this because the executives are bored running a state telecom company and running a media company is a lot of fun. So they're going to buy a media company to get a lot more glamorous and the company will be bigger. So they'll get a bigger paycheck too. That, that's the most cynical. I don't know if you want to comment on that. Real I, quick, I would but. identify myself largely with that. I mean, yeah. I think that when you look at uh, revenue synergies and the strategic rationale. So many of the things are either already done or can be done by contract. Uh, you can pull out a AT&T phone today and watch Game of Thrones on it. Mm -hmm. and a lot of the things technologically, it's not as if you're in charge of one company and I'm in charge of the other and we're thinking, gosh, if only you owned my company, we would be able to do interesting technological things together. We can also just do them. Okay, so so you kind of actually fall into that camp. I, I actually don't. We'll talk about why sure. in a second. But so the second uh, reason, which a lot of people have said, which it kind of is medium on the synergy scale, is AT and T is a dividend stalwart. The company is run as a dividend stalwart, and buying Time Warner, which throws off gobs of cash flow now, but might have kind of a questionable future in the 
unbundled cable world that we've talked about, particularly like CNN uh, and the TBS, TNT. Uh, buying it now gives them a lot of cash flow to remain a dividend stalwart. Especially AT and T is going to face a tough 2017. Sprint and T Mobile are taking a lot of uh, a lot of subscribers from the big two, AT and T and Verizon. Buying these guys gives them room to continue to grow the dividend. I don't know if you want to comment on that one. Yeah. Um... Sure. I mean, I think that in terms of what their investors want, that it could help with that. Um, uh, I, I think I would identify myself less in terms of what I think they actually are doing here. I mean, th- their history of both M&A, but also specifically on the regulatory side, is frequently doing things that don't make a lot of sense to me. Um, and uh, but, but that might be part of it. I, sh- I should be deferential to that explanation. It could certainly be part of it. Yeah, and, and then the reason, the strategic reason you could argue AT&T is doing this, and this is the camp I kind of fall in, though I don't know if it necessarily makes sense, is AT&T says, hey, we bought DirecTV uh, last year. We're going to launch a DirecTV over-the-top streaming cable service. Buying uh, Time Warner right now gives us the programming that we can use to launch that DirecTV service. Mm-hmm. So you can see the, the synergies there in launching the DirecTV service. And then longer term, a lot of people think AT&T wants to roll out a Netflix competitor. And having all of the, HB, having all of the HBO programming plus the TNT, TBS, all that sort of stuff kind of gives them the leeway to – kind of gives them the starting point for rolling out the Netflix competitor. Again, I don't know if that's the best strategy, but I, I can see the strategy they're talking about there. I, if you want to comment on that, we can. Uh, I, or... I would be totally for doing it contractually. Mm-hmm. I, 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 and maybe the merger helps. Uh, whenever I think about AT&T and mergers, I think about how their whole industry's pricing pressure comes to AT&T from T-Mobile. Mm-hmm. T-Mobile's entire ability to uh, to have funded their business and having been so aggressive on pricing comes from the AT&T breakup fee that they were owed when AT&T tried to buy them. Yeah, so, so, so let's talk about that. I mean, look, the market right now is pricing in only a 30% chance of this deal going through. Uh, and, and that probably feels about right. Regulators have, a lot of politicians have already come out and said, this deal needs to be blocked. Uh, look, regulators clearly didn't like the Comcast NBC deal that went through a few years ago, which AT&T and Time Warner has striking similarities to. Uh, political environment super harsh. Donald Trump already came out and said he'd block this deal. Now, I don't know if he's doing that for regulatory reasons or because CNN has been critical of him. But, uh, you know, Tim Kaine also came out. It's a harsh political environment. And as you said, AT&T has a history of walking into deals that are dead on arrival. They tried to buy T-Mobile. Uh, any regulator, you could have picked up the phone and said they would have said, no, you can't buy T-Mobile. And they had to pay T-Mobile $3.5 billion, which T-Mobile then used to go and attack AT&T. So I'll, I'll let you Trump, Trump undoubtedly has mixed feelings. Uh, on one hand, uh, CNN is a competitor of Trump TV. On the other hand, he wants uh, you know these uh, cable uh, uh, content providers to be taken out at large multiples for when he goes to sell it. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, I think that you know, I've looked at this um, a lot in the last few days, and I think that in some ways... The Comcast uh, deal was 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 worse. Uh, it's hard to find the part of the AT and T Time Warner deal that is the monopoly. It's hard to find when you're tying uh, what part uh, because on the AT and T side, on the wireless and wireline side, 
there's competition technologically from somewhere in every geography. Yeah. And uh, so like what they're tying it to, uh, you're allowed to have two products and tie them if you want to. Uh, but it's hard to see where the abused monopoly is. Um, uh, Comcast, NBC, doubtlessly the regulators believe they made a mistake. There are analogies here, but the analogy does not hold up that well. On the FCC side, they have a huge mandate problem in that there are no license transfers in this. Their, their mandate is a, is a, is a big uh, problem uh, here. And on the DOJ side, uh, their case is not a strong one. Uh, I on neither side would bring it. On both sides, I expect they will. So on the license side, I actually saw something that Time Warner – for the most part, doesn't have licenses, but they have a small TV station that is easily divisible. But apparently CNN actually owns a lot of licenses. And okay. the FCC apparently wants to try to get in uh, through the CNN licenses, which raises the interesting question, will AT&T Time Warner just divest CNN? Because CNN is not a core part of the strategy here. Mm-hmm. So I think that is kind of an interesting that, that one. That would help because the FCCs can do anything they can to get a hook into this. Yeah, yeah. But so continuing along the lines of what you were talking about, like it, it seems – it seems like this will be blocked. The market is probably pricing it correctly that there's a high chance of this being blocked. But what is the rationale for blocking this? Like, do Americans have a God-given right to watch, to be able to watch HBO? Like, what's wrong with if AT&T said HBO is only on an AT&T device? I, I just can't understand that. I wouldn't bring the case, but if I listened uh, to the senior DOJ and senior FTC folks who are kind of in the process of trying out for uh, promotions or at least lateral moves to the next administration, uh, they are very aggressive on issues that I would consider to be non-economic. This is not under their mandate kind of law and economics understanding of what antitrust is. Uh, This is a huge skepticism towards corporations and stuff corporations are doing. And and they've specifically said, I mean, when I look at what I think of as crime, I always look to harm. Uh, and I think of this as sort of the analogy of imagine there's a parking lot with a thousand parking spaces and one car that had overstayed its meter. To me, that's you can round that down to zero crime, but to them, they have a gotcha. And, yeah. and they, they really aren't looking for anybody being hurt. They're looking for an opportunity to go after these companies to kind of put them in their place and attack them. Exactly what you're saying. It, it seems like the logic here is AT&T plus Time Warner equals big and mm-hmm. big corporation equals bad. So let's stop it. Uh, they use longer words than that, but they don't say more than that with them. My uh, my favorite thing coming out of this is T-Mobile CEO, who we, we've mentioned already how they were kind of funded by AT&T. He's famously used uh, – he identifies himself with Batman. He even uses the I am Batman uh, hashtag on Twitter. Uh-huh. He came out on their Q3 call and said AT&T has to divest Batman as part <laughs> yeah. of this proceeding. Uh, so uh, two more minutes here. You know. On Friday, especially when kind of rumor of this deal was coming through, everybody started looking around the media sector and saying, you know, if AT&T is buying Time Warner, what do you think the next domino to fall is? And and I'll I'll turn it over to you. What do you kind of think the next domino to fall here is? Or I'm happy to take it if you want. You start. Yeah. So 
Look, some people, the New York Post came out with an article today that said this deal was just Time Warner's way of forcing people, to, forcing bidders to the table, mm-hmm. forcing Fox offered to buy Time Warner a couple years ago, maybe force Fox back to the table, or specifically bring Apple to the table to come in a, with a topping bid. And the low breakup fee really argues to that idea. Yeah, it's only like a $1.7 billion breakup fee for Time Warner if they decide to go with someone else. So it's $1.7 billion in the context of a $100 billion plus deal is nothing. You know, I, I, at this point, I don't think Apple would go hostile. But if the deal faces regulatory pressure, I, I could certainly see Apple coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. You know, the, as far as the next dominoes to fall, I think there's near universal sentiment that CBS Viacom is much more likely in the wake of this. Absolutely. A, a lot of people have actually thought CBS Viacom was a stepping stone to CBS buying Time Warner. And AT&T might have done this as a prelude uh, to kind of front run them. Uh, you know, T- AT&T is increasingly stepping on Comcast toes with this. You know, Comcast plus NBC is less than AT&T plus DirecTV plus, uh, plus Time Warner. You have to think, will Comcast look to buy maybe a T-Mobile? Or what happens to Dish TV, the other satellite television operator that competes with uh, DirecTV? Do they look to merge? Maybe a Comcast buys them. Maybe they buy T-Mobile. Does Verizon go out and buy Dish TV? It'd be very interesting to see what uh, what kind of happens with everyone there. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that definitely we see the CBS uh, a deal with Viacom. I think absolutely we see a Dish deal. Um, I think sometimes when you have these, uh, they, they certainly wouldn't want me to call it a duopoly, but two big competitors, Coke, Pepsi, Verizon, AT&T, the other company absolutely gets to their advisors and say, okay, what do we do now? And yep. here it feels pressure to do something. Yeah, it feels increasing like Dish is going to have to be do something over there. Uh, okay, so let's wrap that up there. Let's turn over to excuses. So, you know, we talked about our favorite excuses for missing earnings on our January 26th podcast. And on that, we talked about Every time a company comes out with poor earnings, they blame the weather. Mm -hmm. Uh, You never hear a company with great earnings say, hey, great weather gave us this great quarter. But you always hear poor earnings, bad weather. On the January 26th podcast, we mentioned some of our favorite excuses. Uh, Kosi blamed the Pope for the Pope's visit for poor sales. Brides not wanting to get married in 2013 for fear of the number 13 was blamed for a men's warehouse poor poor quarter in 2013. And Elizabeth Arden blamed Justin Bieber and Taylor Swift for poor, poor perfume sales. And uh, But now we've got kind of a new one. A lot of companies are blaming the election for poor results. Uh, the NFL seen poor ratings. They're down 14% year over year. And they've blamed interest on the election for their poor ratings. BJ's, McDonald's, who are restaurants, obviously. Retailers, North Face, Signet, Gap have all used similar political excuses to explain away poor uh, sales. So, Chris, we've got about three, four minutes left. I'll let you kind of kick the discussion off here. Uh, I'm neither Catholic nor superstitious, but just to hedge my bets, I do not blame the Pope for anything. <laughs> I mean, I could be wrong on this and uh, don't uh, don't want to uh, be on the record for uh, for for him, uh, so um, so yeah, you know, I think that you could have some kind of macro plugged in, uh, combining uncertainty, interest rate, political election, and Brexit to kind of explain any kind of uh, poor earnings. Uh, Brexit is actually now a dual dual mandated both uh, business and political excuse. Uh, it's the business excuse for earnings misses, and also is the excuse for uh, with no. Uh, 
uh, no evidence in any of the statistics on uh, how Trump's doing. His supporters are saying, well, Brexit didn't have a lot of support for that either. You know, so Brexit is an interesting one because people keep saying like, oh, Donald Trump Brexit. And in Brexit's case, actually, the polling pretty much had it right. They had it as 50-50 and it was they were well within the margin of error for mm-hmm. what the Brexit was. Uh, it, what had it wrong was the uh, prediction markets is what had it wrong. You know, prediction markets had Brexit at 80% uh, likely not to happen. Obviously, it did happen. And even there, look, if you've, if you've got something at 80%, there's a 20% chance it happens. So it's tough to say just because it happened, they had it wrong. Like that, that is, that is uh, the wrong way of looking at it to me, though. I, I understand the point. But go ahead. Also, an unusual case with many fewer priors than an electoral college uh, that – uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, that, that, that one comes up a lot. And then newly the election, all, all of these things. You know, I think that as both kind of a character and as a, uh, a, a business uh, judgment, um, you know, I'm very interested when people who are risk managers and decision makers are hit with something that they describe as exogenous to their responsibility. Mm -hmm. If you're in charge of risk and you're in charge of decisions, nothing is exogenous. These kind of extrinsic forces, that's that's what you're supposed to manage and do. I mean, maybe it's just you're having a bad day or you're having a bad quarter. But thinking through those things, I mean, that's that's what you're responsible for. Yeah, it, it would be so funny for an insurance an insurance underwriter to come out and be like, listen, it you was know, great except. We, we went bankrupt, but it's only because there was a fire that burned down the city. You know, like that. that's exactly what you're insuring. BJ's Restaurant. And the funny thing about these restaurants blaming, the restaurants retailers blaming uh, political uncertainty is actually consumer confidence is at multi-year highs, you know, job job numbers, job growth are good. The economy, you know, it's not as great as everyone wants, but the economy is growing and they're coming out and blaming political uncertainty. And, you know, it's it's you, it's not them is kind of the, the issue here. Well, also, this was on the calendar. I mean, of all the things <laughs> that you might have, I mean, at least the hurricane that hit the reinsurer might not have been scheduled. This stuff was scheduled. Yeah. And, and it's also, we talked a couple of weeks ago about, uh, you know, political advertising has been down because of Trump. Mm-hmm. And in that case, maybe Trump is a unique figure or maybe it's just advertising shifting to Facebook. But there is something where political advertising is higher in election years and they're saying look it's not as high as it's traditionally been in this case like mcdonald's you've been around for 50 years there have been what is that 12 elections in that time you know the election impact what's what's unique about this time versus when richard nixon was running or something i don't know yeah uh 15 seconds you want to wrap it up or any last thoughts oh uh, only that you have some examples but few and far between of people buffett certainly in this category who seems to always blame himself for what goes wrong and pass out uh, positive blame yeah uh, you see very few executives <laughs> who do that yeah. uh, and uh, buffett really does great great quarter of the CS says listen if if it hadn't been for my mistakes it would have been better poor quarter he it's all that. on me fire me guys but you never see a ceo saying no, that he's the only one great uh so chris i think that's all the time for today yeah. before we hit our disclosures just a quick reminder if you have any feedback for us please feel to email it to us at podcast at range you know if the political uncertainty of this election is getting to you and you're having trouble watching this podcast just listening to this podcast just let us know send us an email we're happy to talk you down yep. disclosures uh none for me and chris i, think I have a lot long. to disclose go ahead go ahead time warner reynolds nxp and viacom okay perfect so those are chris's disclosures and we will talk to you guys later this week